Howdy, welcome back to another episode of our weekly podcast. We know you've got a buffet of media to choose from each week. That's why we put a lot of effort into finding stories from the Bible that have relevant lessons for us today. I hope you enjoy. Okay, close your eyes. Go with me to a place. This place is unlike anywhere we've ever been. To any person that has ever imagined life without all the headaches, without all the sickness, without all the disease, life without losing someone you love, life where days are carefree, you have passions and interests that excite you, but never wear you out. Uh, your friends are always anxious to hang out. You know they love you. They know you love them. The skies are always blue. The days are always long and the food is always delicious. To anyone who's ever had longings for things that this life can't satisfy, this place was made for you. To, to anyone with plans, dreams, hopes, desires deep down that perhaps now you're starting to question if they will ever become a reality, this place is for you. To anyone whose heart has ever been broken, this place is for you. To, to anyone who's lost someone that they truly loved, this place is for you. But unfortunately, out of the mouths of religious leaders, this place hasn't been marketed very well. Some think it's a place where one man can have 70 virgin wives. Some think it's a place where babies are naked, playing harps on fluffy clouds. Some think it's a place where we bow down and, and worship this narcissist who, who craves attention at all hours of the day. But what if this place is unlike anything we've ever seen. What if it's beyond our wildest imaginations? I'll admit this week, I started to think about this place. Because you look around the current reality and you can get a little, a little discouraged. Think of a world without all the selfishness, without all the greed, without all the conspiracies, without, without all the the hatred, the anxiety, without all the fear-mongering, without all the lies. At the end of the day or at the end of our lives or in moments when we fear what tomorrow may bring, we sometimes let our minds wonder about this place. You know, I just wonder, could it be as good as we create it in our minds? Could it be as great as if I was in charge to design it? Could it be that amazing? Is it really as good as some people say? And, and is it really worth it? You know, when faced with a choice to hold on to the known versus the unknown, well, the hope of all of this place can offer, will that carry me through these dark times? You know, each of us, I think, have a happy place. A few years ago, I was getting a root canal. This was the second or third root canal I got. I went off in my mind to my happy place. And most often, that's me on a beach, hitting golf balls into the ocean. I'm in my trunks and some flip-flops. And I think there's some steel drums in the background or something. 
But when I nearly sliced off my toes in this icy water of a cave, when I was like 17 years old, I'm barefoot in this cave. I remember visualizing this place. And as they're stitching up my toes, I went to this place. You know, it's in these moments of pain and trial, sometimes we escape to a happier place. And some people call this delirium, this idea that, that faith or religion, this hope of a better tomorrow, uh, that, that religion is, is really just like an opiate for the masses. But let's not forget, the only thing that keeps economies afloat, as I'm sharing these words, is the idea and the hope and the faith that tomorrow will be better than today. Some call it consumer confidence, some call it faith. And there's something, I think, in all of us that longs for a better and many better tomorrows. You know, as I was looking at the news this week, reading articles, watching videos that friends shared with me, uh, it's nice to have friends share all these things with you. I'm really grateful for my friends who do that. Uh, my emotions were all over the place. Uh, some of those emotions were anger, sadness. I was a little disheartened at times. Sometimes I was at peace, inspired, then shocked, then full of hope, and totally perplexed. Maybe you had some of those feelings. Uh, I've seen so many articles, posts, presentations, where people are sharing messages of peace and comfort and encouragement. And all these people, I'll assume, they were doing it with sincere hearts, desiring to help people through this unprecedented moment. And you know, to hear from friends and others who are really experiencing anxiety this week, I, I heard their despair and their frustration and I at times thought, you know, the only thing people need right now is hope. Just, just give them some encouragement. And you know, it's, it's more of a task than I ever realized to prepare a heartfelt message each week that inspires people with the hope of a better tomorrow, that encourages people as they face, you know, as you face, as I face, the battles and trials that each week brings. But as I mentioned in the message last week, there's something about being vulnerable and being open to listen to new ideas in a moment of crisis. That, that when we are in the hustle and bustle of life, we don't slow down long enough to listen to or consider. It's, I don't really have time for that. So I'm convinced this is a time to share some things that are usually not heard, or at least that we don't wanna hear when all is well and life is buzzing and humming right along. Clearly life has slammed on the brakes. And it's on that note that there's a few things I, I read this week that I wanted to share with you. One of them was in the book of Jeremiah, chapter six and starting in verse 13. It says, because from the least of them, even to the greatest, you know, some versions describe it, the least of the greatest, their lives are ruled by covetousness or, or greed from the prophets to the priests, they're all frauds, they're all fake. And then verse 14 says, they, are, they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. I love how one version says it. Then it says this, they give assurances of peace when there is no peace. Or it says, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And so what I'm about to share with you is going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth but I'm just asking you to hear me out for a few minutes and see if there's, there may be something in the middle that may be worth considering. We just read that verse that describes the scenario where religious leaders are saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Telling you everything's gonna be okay when that may not be the reality. So, so there's this moment. Uh, Jesus and his disciples are about to cross over a lake. 
Jesus is exhausted. They've been enjoying a gorgeous azure blue sky day. People have been blessed, healed, fed. And now they need to cross the lake, the Sea of Galilee. So we're going back 2,000 years. It's a beautiful sunset. This is heaven on earth. This this couldn't get better. This is glorious. Just a bunch of friends in a boat, and their friend Jesus is asleep. Man, what a day. Then all of a sudden, you can imagine one of them, as the story is told in Mark chapter 4, one of them likely looks off and says, "Uh, guys, what in the world is going on? Then you can imagine another chiming in, huh? What do you mean? Look at those clouds forming. Don't you feel the wind picking up? Maybe one more. Is it going to storm? Then out of nowhere, a storm breaks loose upon them. The boat is being tossed all around. They literally think they are going to die. And then finally they remember, oh wait, Jesus is, uh, where's, Jesus is sleeping? Are you kidding me? And then verse 38 basically says, Jesus, we're going to die over here and you're sleeping. Don't you care about us? And then Jesus sits up, stands up, puts his arm out and says to the storm, peace, be still. And the wind stops, and the waves stop, and the clouds disappear, and it's back to the beautiful sunset. So what's the lesson here? Well, just reading it like that, you think, oh, I, I understand the lesson. I know what Jared is trying to share. You know, Jesus commands the winds, both literal and the symbolic ones we talked about last week that represent climate catastrophe, earthquakes, and political strife. And so, so Jesus, God, the creator, still holds dominion over the creation. And that should give you some peace. That should give me some peace. The other lesson is when we are in a crisis, don't forget Jesus. He never forgets you. Don't think he's ignoring you. All we have to do is reach out to him. Sometimes we forget he's around. Ask him for help. And he promises that he will be there for us. But that leads me to something that has really made me mad this week. I feel like I've heard too many people, even people at the very top of large Christian denominations, saying all but peace and safety. Go back to sleep. Peace, peace, this will pass. As if to say, folks, this is a storm, but don't worry, Jesus will calm it down and the sun will come out again. And I am all for positive thinking. I'm all for grounding ourselves with the hope of a better tomorrow. But what happens if tomorrow is worse than today? What happens when there's that hiccup in the cycle of life and tomorrow is not better than today? You know, does Jesus ever warn us about those times? Does he prepare us for times when, well, tomorrow is worse than today? Well, we do have some statements. One of those is in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34. And it basically says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day, or in some versions say, today has enough trouble of its own. So there's something to say about Jesus telling us not to worry. And, and that's totally, that's, that's true. And then you have 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 7. And it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So, so I believe that God never wants us to worry or be afraid. But that doesn't mean he wants us to be ignorant. 
As we're told in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Then it tells us why. Because you have rejected knowledge. You know, people dying because they didn't know something. Then it says, because they didn't want to know something. So, hope I've, I've built the case, I've made a case that, you know, Jesus doesn't want you to be afraid, but he also doesn't want you to be ignorant. And to help us not be ignorant and not be afraid, he goes above and beyond and he tells us things about the future so that when they start to happen, as we looked at last week in John chapter 13, verse 19, when these things come to pass, you will believe and our faith is strengthened. Like a friend who, uh, imagine six months ago, called you out of the blue and said, hey, you need to get some extra toilet paper. You need to save some extra money on the side because a crisis is coming. Now at the time you could have said, oh, why are you trying to scare me? I'm supposed to have peace and you're acting like something bad could happen tomorrow. But you'd be thankful for that friend who gave you a heads up and didn't leave you ignorant and in the dark and wondering where you'd get your toilet paper. So allow me to be one of those dudes in the book of Ezekiel 33.7 because we don't give enough credit to the idea of people saying, hey, look out for this. It says, I've made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word that I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die. And it says, you do not speak out to to persuade them differently from their ways. That wicked person will die or could die for their sin, but I'll hold you accountable for their blood. If you don't warn the person, but then it says, but if you warn them and they turn from their ways, or if they don't turn from their ways, they'll die but you'll be saved because you did what was right and you warned them. And, and I was thinking this week, I was like, man, I, I feel like I have peace. I feel like I've been you know, at peace this week in a way that many of my friends aren't. They're freaking out. And, and I think it's because I see what's coming on the roadmap. I'm not surprised by these things. Disappointed? Yeah, maybe, but not ignorant. And I see so many people that are, and they're, they're shocked at what's going on. I want you to have peace right now. I think it's time more than ever to ask ourselves, you know, if you had 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 months, or 10 years left in your life, are you at peace with your family? Are you at peace with your friends? Have you reminded people how much you care about them? Are are you at peace with that voice that keeps whispering to you, that one that says, hey, cast your cares on me. Give me your burdens. I can get you through this crisis, but you've got to be at peace with me. And, And really, no one can know of that deep inner peace more than you. You know if you've got it or not. And if you don't have it, listen, you've got to find it. You've got to stop everything until you have it. You can try and be prepared all around you with all the physical things, but if, if you don't have that peace, you know, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give it to you like the world gives it to you. So don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Then he says, you heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. Then verse 29 says, I've told you all this before it happens so that when it happens, you will believe. Not that you'd be afraid, but that you would know that that it could bring some peace if you want it. And I think that's where I'm I'm conflicted right now. So I want to introduce some things to you that I think I need to share more about next week, things that I feel like I'm clear on, things that by knowing them give me peace but other people hearing about them likely could terrify them. And I thought of it like this, it's kind of crazy. Imagine you and I are going on a ride in a Hummer through the jungle. And this is my favorite thing to do. I take my friends on wild rides through the jungle. I know every turn, 
I know when we jump over the canyons. I know when we dodge these big snakes. I know when we pass through a thunderstorm. And this fantasy land of my imagination is so clear to me <laughs> because uh, I've walked through it, I've seen the map, and I'm ready and I'm not scared. And I do this all the time. But you, oh man, there's a strong chance. You just heard, uh, hey, this guy takes people and rides through the jungle. And, and not long after our journey begins, and maybe you jump in the, in the Hummer with me, you start freaking out, screaming, let me out of the car. I didn't sign up for this. You don't want to be a part of this. And whether you like it or not, right now we are en route. I know what's coming, and unfortunately, most people don't. You deserve to know what's coming too. And so what is coming in our near future? Some future that is a reality soon. You know, I think it's a future that's been delayed a long time. I think it keeps getting delayed in mercy, as we talked about last week. And it can only be delayed for so long. And we can't take it for granted that a few more years will come and will always come. And I just need to get my retirement back and then I'll be fine. You know, there's too much written in scripture that says eventually time does run out. Earth's ecosystems do collapse. And then we got to escape before it's too late. So the most upsetting thing to me I, that I heard this whole week was messages from well-meaning students of prophecy, students of the Bible, who kept saying, Jesus is coming, nothing to worry about. Peace, peace, it's all going to be okay. And no one in good conscience can read the words of the last few pages of this book and say that humanity goes from one side of the lake to the other without passing through a storm. Unfortunately, Christianity is poisoned with that teaching right now that will escape any type of crisis, but, but that's not true. That's not what this book says. It says Jesus goes with us through the crises. And don't think for one minute that we go from this current reality to seeing a fluffy cloud in the sky and Jesus whisking us away from all this chaos. Because Jesus doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. And anyone saying that is one of those prophets or priests in the Jer book of Jeremiah that we read earlier crying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And they are not being faithful watchmen. And those who are lost, blood will be on their hands. And for me to sit here and tell you everything's going to be okay, it's like telling a baby to take a pacifier if the house is burning down. The reality is, if, if you hold this book to be true, we're told a time of trouble is coming on the world such as never was seen since there was a nation. And Jesus' biggest burden, his biggest concern, when his friends asked him about, you know, what will life be like just before you come back? And his response in Matthew 24 is, don't be deceived. As if he knew deception and lies would run wild and everyone would be terrified by fear. You know, he tells us clearly nature would become unmoored, unhinged. It would go absolutely wild. And Christians more than anyone on earth should be warning that all nature is about to go crazy. We don't have to agree on the causes that people claim, but we can agree on the outcomes. You know, we're told of pandemics becoming a new norm, famines, food shortages, war, uh, attempts to change laws and, and things to appease an angry God. And, and social shaming, you know, I have never in my life seen something so insane as the social shaming taking place this week all over. People declaring what sounds like a new religion for me being immoral to walk outside my own home. It is a new religion. 
And I just feel like I owe it to you to tell you the roadmap more in depth, uh, but, but that you're more clear, that you're more at peace, not that you're ignorant. And whether we get reprieved from this crisis or not, there is a crisis coming that will test the faith of everyone. Everyone hits this point in life and I think in time. And there's a moment coming when we're told, we're gonna actually wonder if God has turned on us. I think we'll talk more about that next week. What will get you through that moment? What'll get you through the moment when it seems like even nature is against me? It won't be the news. It won't be the hope that they, we, might, we might find a vaccine to cure death. It won't be the hope that, well, maybe everything will be okay. What will get you through the moment is to remember that a God became a man and laid down his rightful authority. He laid down his own life, his own existence, so that you and I can one day go to a place that he says he has prepared for us. If you don't understand that story of love, nothing will get you through what's coming. You'll be terrified. You will have no anchor in the harbor of peace to get your mind through the winds that are blowing on the horizon. And the good news is all you have to do is say, Lord, I wanna be at peace with you. I know you wanna be at peace with me and I just need some reassurance that you are with me in the middle of this storm that I am in, that, that we are in, and that you'll never leave me or forsake forsake me. You know, if that's your prayer, then all will be well, no matter what comes at us. I, I hope this brings you courage. I, I'm grateful that you spent a few minutes watching, listening, letting me share what's on my heart. And I hope it spurs some ideas, some questions, some hopes, some dreams. And regardless of what is coming, you will be of good courage. And I hope we can continue this journey together. I'll be praying that the Lord is, uh, is uh, doing what he does best, which is stirring us and uh, showing us answers. And I hope you have a good week. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening. We record these messages each week at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Adairsville. And if you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you. Stop in and say hi and enjoy some good Southern food with us. We'll see you next week.